The views, opinions, and comments expressed by hosts, guests, and callers of this show are not necessarily those of this station, its parent company, Telesouth Media, its staff, management, or advertisers. Content of this broadcast cannot be duplicated or used in any way without the express written consent of Telesouth Media Incorporated. Now join us for Advisors Roundtable with your hosts, certified financial planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus. It's professional advice for your life. Welcome to the Advisors Roundtable on Supertalk Radio, certified financial planners, Greg Cooley and my co-host, certified financial planner, Bubba Labus with you. So Bubba, do you think that whether the market is up or the market is down or whether things are positive or the sun is or negative or the sun is up or it's a cloudy you think there are opportunities always available i think so so if the market's going down there are opportunities mm-hmm. really I, I think it you know i think it really depends on uh your overall outlook and attitude on life mm-hmm uh, you know, you could walk out and it could be cloudy and say, well, I'm not going anywhere today. It might rain. Yeah. 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 What if it clears up? Yeah. And it, it, often it does that. Right. You know, we get one of those uh, forecasts in the morning, 20, 30, 40% chance of rain, mm-hmm. which, you know, you, uh, you could stop the 20 people out on the street and ask them what that means. And you probably get 20 different definitions because I don't know if anybody really understands other than meteorologists what they're talking about. Well, and and I think uh, when it, you boil it down to meteorologists, when they say there's a 20% chance of rain, mm. they say that there's a 20% chance that the listening audience would receive rain. Okay. All right. Is that right? Yeah. Accurate? yeah. Basically, 20% of, of the area of, uh, within the sound of my voice has a chance that there's going to be rain. Right. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, you get one of those those forecasts. Now it may be that it's raining right now where you are, mm-hmm. but two blocks away it may be dry as a bone. That's right. Right. Mm-hmm. And and that happens all the time, especially those of us in rural America. We we realize it a lot. You know, you you drive around and you go from your house couple streets over and it's not raining over there and you know it, it, it's kind of a, a, a one of those things that everybody talks about at breakfast you know it was raining in my house but it wasn't raining at my mother-in-law's <laughs> that uh, that conversation right so if you're one of those people and, and you realize that it may or may not be raining that may affect you mm-hmm. as you said it may cause you to stay home sure hmm? may affect the decisions you make today are there others of us, you though? You may hear that there's a chance of rain and decide, hmm, I better grab an umbrella. Yeah. So you, yeah. You, you may plan for it. Right. Or there are other people that don't even pay attention to it. Right? Mm-hmm. They just go out, and if it's raining, they run faster to their car, and they drive through it, and maybe they go five, ten miles an hour less fast than they would if it was a sunny day. And they get to the office, maybe they park closer, and they run in and start their day, and it doesn't make any difference. Mm-hmm. So there are people that it could really affect. It could almost stop you. There are people who will plan for it and deal with it. Or there are other people who just won't pay attention to it. Right. Do you see that with people in the stock market? Yeah. People who are freaked out by it, and they're not going to play at all. Right. They're going to stay home today and for the next mm-hmm. 30 years. 
They're just not going to do that. They don't want volatility in their life. They don't want to have to understand about stock valuations. They don't want to know international and global and domestic. They don't want to do that. So they're out. There are other people who eat it up. Yeah. They're eaten up by it. Mm-hmm. There are people come in your office all the time, yeah. you know, and, and they've looked at their statements and calculated their return and asked you why they own this much international and what they, right? Right. And then there are other people that just basically turn it on autopilot. And, yeah. They're in and they know they're in and they're going to stay in no matter what. Yeah. Whether it's raining or not. Yeah. Right. So at the end of a 20 year period, most of the time, which of these three people did better with their portfolios as you look at them? Uh, all right. So uh, over what period of time? Just Let's say over the over a 20-year period. 20-year period. So you got the three yeah. people, the mm-hmm. people who aren't in, the people who yeah. just basically stay in cash or mm-hmm. CDs or something like that. And you got the people who are eating up with it and they want to know and they, they want to tell you and they want to get in and out and mm-hmm. be, you know, uh, uh, traders. Right. And then you got people that are just put it on autopilot all right so generally speaking i'm going to say given those scenarios the person that puts it on autopilot and just stays in mm-hmm. is going to fare better can you prove that with a statistic not one you make up you know on the on the fly like we do sometimes i i can prove that with a statistic you can i can how's that um well i mean there have been studies done mm-hmm. that that show people uh, that stay in the market and stay invested do better over a longer period of time mm-hmm. than those that are trying to trade the market or not in the market at all. So that 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 saying you say sometime it's a more about time in the market mm-hmm. than timing the market. Correct. So that's the difference between the third personality and mm-hmm. the second personality, the trader and the person who's in and sets it on autopilot. Right. Kind of. Now that doesn't mean the autopilot person doesn't re mm-hmm. uh, rebalance every now and then or ask a question every now and then, but they're not trading on a daily basis. That's right. So the people who trade a lot get in and out, or the people yeah. who stay out are not going to get very much return, are they? Um, they're going to get, uh, on average, less return than the person who stays in. Okay. All right. So the other thing I've heard you say is that over the last 75 or 100 years, the stock market has averaged a certain amount, but mm-hmm. the average investor has averaged a different amount. And, and that's where I, I pull my reasoning for what I just gave as a, uh, a statistic on that. Okay. So um, over, over uh, you know, that period of time, mm-hmm. uh, there have been studies done that show, and, and I'm going to make these numbers up, but they're, they're real close. Real close, right? Right, right. So the average uh, investor mm-hmm. out there who trades mm-hmm. and does so on a regular basis is in and out and that sort of thing mm-hmm. will average somewhere in the neighborhood of four to four and a half percent. Okay. Whereas, uh, the average mutual fund mm-hmm. out there, average equity mutual fund mm-hmm. has averaged anywhere around eight to 9% over, over the that. last 50 years. Mm-hmm. So you might say to yourself, well, why the difference? You know, if I'm an investor and I'm buying and selling these mutual mm-hmm. funds and in and out of them, mm-hmm. why is my return half of, of what the return of the mutual fund would be? If I just bought it and right. let them do their thing right. and I didn't worry about it. And it's because the average investor who is trading is doing the wrong thing at the wrong time. Uh-huh. 
Okay. So, you know, markets may be a little overheated and they might mm-hmm. sell or they might uh, buy more, mm-hmm. uh, you know, look, letting the greed bug get them, mm-hmm. whatever it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but generally speaking, those types of investors do the wrong thing at the wrong time. Mm. And if you're thinking or about maybe they're a little early or yeah. a little late. Yeah, a little earlier or a little late right. or doing the wrong mm-hmm. thing, maybe their emotions take over. Right. Okay, so if you're one of those people at this particular point in time where we've had a, a pretty good, a, a very significant correction, and uh, we've had the pandemic, and we've had the social unrest and all those things, there's a possibility that could continue on, and we could have a relapse, and, and so there are some negative things that could happen over the next few weeks and months, and you're also telling me, though, there may be some opportunity in that. I am. And that if we have recovered and we've come out of this and by and large, the death rate has gone down from the pandemic and people seem to uh, be using their stimulus money like they should. And the economy is is kicking off again. Mm -hmm. Then there's an opportunity in that. That's correct. We're going to talk about specific opportunities that may be there, whether the market's going to go up or go down here on the Advisors Roundtable on Supertalk Radio. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable, Certified Financial Planners, Bubba Labus, and yours truly, Greg Cooley, with you on Super Talk Radio. So, Bubba, here at the Advisors Roundtable, we're always trying to make people think, I hope. And uh, last night, I'm driving home from work, and uh, I have on uh, a business radio, and a guy named Jim Kramer is on. All right, so who's Jim Kramer? Oh, he's a guy on TV that rolls his sleeves up and yells a lot. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people tell me, you know, that I look like him or he looks like me. Both of us are follically challenged and have this little go-to thing going going on and somewhere in our 60s or 70s, right? Doing the radio show like we do, I wish I had a soundboard over here that I had little buttons that I could push, (laughs) you know, with noises. Bye, bye, bye. Yeah. Sell, sell, sell. Ding, 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 ding. All that stuff, Mm -hmm. because he has one of those, and it's a pretty cool thing, and it's a great prop, right? Right. And a lot of times, uh, I have to admit, and I'd tell Jim this if if he was here today, and and that is, I think a lot of of times it's just entertainment, you know? Yeah, theatrics. Yeah, Yeah. very much so. But but yesterday, he he was making a couple good points. First of all, he said, if you're in the camp that thinks that we're pretty close to over the pandemic, and you listen to what the president says and his council of economic advisors and what seems to be coming out of the Fed and what the stock market seems to be telling uh-huh. you. You'd think the future's pretty rosy, wouldn't you? Right. All right. So you're all positive. And if that's true and you're in that camp, then there are certain investments for that kind of environment. Uh-huh. However, if you're in the camp that says uh, we're not completely out of the woods here and we could possibly have a relapse and, oh, by the way, we have some social unrest going on and we do have a presidential election coming and we don't know what's going to happen to the Senate. And, uh, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, China's waiting over here Mm -hmm. in the wings and all of that seems to be pretty negative. And you're telling me there are also some investments that possibly could be there for that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So uh, let's just, and and we're not necessarily endorsing anybody who's listening, run out and call their broker or get on, you know, their Robin Hood account and buy or sell these particular stocks. We're just trying to make a point here. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if you're in the first category, you're in the camp of everything seems to be on the right track. The economy's recovering. We're coming out of this. The death rate's going down that sort of thing, 
What are some investments that would do well there? Well, I think um, maybe parks are going to reopen and maybe uh-huh. Disney's been beaten up. Yeah. Would it make sense that Disney may be something I want to consider before everything's turned around? Uh-huh. Didn't you tell me a minute ago making some investment decisions is about timing and about attitude and doing it either at the right time or the wrong time? Right. Maybe if I think things are going to be better the second half of the year, something like Disney would be something I'd look at. Right? Right. Uh, Maybe I'd start to look at some energy companies. Maybe I'd look at some hotel companies. Maybe I'd think things are going to do better, and I'd look at some entertainment companies. Now, I, I have never personally liked airlines. Yeah. I, that, for, for whatever reason, I the just... The business like, model just doesn't it, seem to work, does it? It doesn't. However, people fly, yeah. and I think as the economy begins to open up and you see more people start traveling a little bit more, mm-hmm. maybe airlines might be a good, good investment. Mm-hmm. So the average person listening to us out mm-hmm. there today, I want them to just think. However, uh-huh. on the other side of that, yeah, what if uh, this virus starts peaking again? Mm-hmm. People decide not to fly. Mm-hmm. Then, I mean, you you can see mm-hmm. both sides of well, it. Well, of right? course, there, so there is. I guess it would depend on what your view mm-hmm. yeah. is and and what you thought about it. Yeah, exactly. And that's the point here. So we're going to uh, look in depth mm-hmm. at both views. So the first thing is the people who are of the view that everything's positive. Mm-hmm. All right, and so you're going. You think that uh, the economy will turn around, and people will spend their stimulus checks, and the stock market will go up. And um, because of that, there are probably certain businesses that are going to do well. Mm-hmm. Probably travel businesses. Probably uh, energy. Uh, probably certain retailers are going to do mm-hmm. better. Hmm. Right. That all makes sense, right? As you point out, on the other side then there's the possibility that this thing is not going to open back up. And what would do well there? How about Clorox? I was going to say Staples. Yeah, you, you think, know. You know, like Campbell Soup, something yeah, like that? People still have to eat. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Clorox. Yeah. And, you know, if you think we're going to have another round yeah. of this, mm-hmm. then uh, and you're concerned about being quarantined again, right. then what did you need? Oh, I needed masks. Mm-hmm. Huh? Oh, I wanted to clean. Oh, I needed to eat. Those things yeah. are probably going to do pretty well there. You, you just, you, we proved our point. What about health care? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know what? Health care may be one of those that does well either way. Yeah. Because on the negative side, health care is probably going to get a lot of attention and a lot of money personal and public mm-hmm. money, because people are going to use the facilities, mm-hmm. they're going to, to need gowns, they're going to need masks, they're going to need vir- uh, virus protection, maybe even an inoculation. Right. right. On the positive side, people are going to appreciate health care, mm-hmm. and they're going to say, oh, by the way, they helped save my life, they helped save America. Right. And so they, if we get... A, a vaccine, a lot of people are going to take it. Mm-hmm. Even if the market seems to turn around and the death rate goes down, you don't want this to happen again to your family, right. do you? And I sure don't want it to happen to my family. My daughter was a senior in high school this year. Mm-hmm. Look at the disruption it brought to her and her friends and that whole class of 2020. I don't want that to happen again for anybody. 
And so we're going to participate, even in good times, on making sure that we try to stay clean and that we try to stay healthy. So health care is a pretty good one to look mm-hmm. at. So we have proven the point that despite the fact that maybe this thing is going to have a relapse or maybe we've had a recovery, there's opportunity. Is that hard to describe to people? Is it hard to get people to follow through on it? Is it hard to people to get people uh, off the sideline? Is it hard for them to accept the fact that there is opportunity even when things seem to be negative? I, I've heard this said before, and one of the hardest things to, to do is to go buy something, I guess, when blood is in the streets, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's hard to go against the grain. Yeah. Yeah. In many, many instances. So who realizes that there's opportunity when it's either recovery mm-hmm. or relapse? Well, people who have experience. Right. Probably meaning people who already have some money. Mm-hmm. People who've already done this before. People who had a decent exposure to this and maybe a good example from grandfather and their parents and a good teacher and all those sorts of things. Probably the playing out of this, the opportunity on either side will make the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Mm -hmm. Which is something I think we're going to have to deal with on a sociological on a right. sociological scale. And, and to a certain extent, maybe that frustration is part of what some of these, these, these riots have been, has been about. Right. I, I, I know that we're talking about racism. We're talking about how we deal with one another. But I think underlying, there's a reason some of those people are in the streets. Mm-hmm. And, and it may be because they're just uh, they're frustrated. Right. They haven't participated in the last 10, 15 years. Now, some of the reasons they haven't participated may have been their own choices. Right. Or their own exposure to things. Or their own op- ability to open their mind. The other reasons they may haven't participated is because they haven't had anybody give them an opportunity. Sure. They haven't had anybody explain things to them. They haven't had anybody invite them. That's all going on at the same time. Do we have a moral responsibility? Uh, yeah, absolutely, we do. Even those of us who have been fairly successful. Even I, I, I would say even those that have been uh, fairly successful have more of a responsibility. Hmm. Oh. So, what should you be doing if you have this responsibility and you've been fairly successful and you realize that yeah. there are opportunities all the time? Well, go out and mentor. Uh-huh. Go out and educate. Uh-huh. Go, you know, uh-huh. be somebody just to talk talk to somebody else, right? Uh-huh. Open be, up the lines of communication. Yeah. Do the right thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, and, and all those things you're saying probably will have more of an impact than me mm-hmm. carrying a placard. And it's not necessarily about uh, encouraging or uh, or asking somebody to start investing right away. Mm-mm. Mm. You know, mm. if, if let's say that you are a successful uh, investor, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you're probably a successful in, investor because you have done things a certain way. 
Mm. Number one, you don't spend more than you make. Mm. You save a little bit of money. Mm. After you've got your savings and nest egg and budget and all that, that mm-hmm. bad B word again, right? <laughs> that budget set up. <laughs> yeah. Then you begin investing. Yeah. And you do so in, in the right way, mm-hmm. appropriate for your risk tolerance, mm-hmm. uh, the types of investments that would be right for you. Right. So there's a lot of steps in there that you have to go through in order for you to be, I guess, even considered a successful investor. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or prepared to be one. Right. Uh, and sometimes you learn that throughout your life mm-hmm. if you're really paying attention and you're trying. Or maybe you're exposed to it and somebody shows you. Mm-hmm. Both ways are opportunities for me to get to the next level, Mabel. Maybe. And I think we do have a moral responsibility to try to help people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just really do. And one of the reasons you were blessed may be to do that. So here at the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk, we're going to uh, we're up against another break. And after this break, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about maybe some things we've been surprised about and maybe some things that did surprise us shouldn't have here on Super Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio, Certified Financial Planners, Bubba Labus, and yours truly, Greg Cooley, with you. And so, Bubba, we're talking about opportunities, whether there is relapse or recovery, uh, not just investment opportunities, but learning opportunities. Mm-hmm. If you uh, uh, walked into a given um, a, a congregation of 50 people, whether it's at church. Before we get into that, I want to get back to the last segment. We were talking about certain sectors mm-hmm. or industries that might fare well in a positive environment and or a negative environment, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think those conversations would be geared towards that trader-type mentality, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But when we talk about somebody who uh, is, is going to be invested no matter what, mm-hmm then I think you've got a number of other discussions that you need to have uh, in regard to what their risk tolerance may be, mm-hmm. what their time frame may be. Mm-hmm. You know, myself, for instance, I've got a long, long time horizon. Sure. I'm young, mm-hmm. still working, mm-hmm. healthy. Mm-hmm. Somebody who uh, may be uh, 10 years into retirement may have a different time horizon than me. Well, yeah. Yeah, because and therefore may need a different prescription or a different mix of of, of investments mm-hmm. that they would have. Yeah, even even if they're long term people, even if they are long term investors, and they're kind of the set it and forget it kind yeah. of folk. There may be adjustments that need to be made for that individual that would that would be tailored or custom made for them. So, if you went to a doctor, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, we can all picture what it looks like in a doctor's office once you get Mm -hmm. past the waiting room yeah okay (laughs) i'm gonna take all that negativity away from you but you walk in the hallway they roll out that butcher paper and you sit up there on top of it and and you get in your room Mm -hmm. and phil let's say that you know the same day both of you are sick and phil our executive producer has the same uh you know he has some illness too and so they put him in another room there are all these various exam rooms down this hallway and you hear the doctor go in to see Phil. Mm-hmm. Now, Phil's a couple years older than you are, and he's had a couple of other health challenges you haven't had. Right. And so uh, Phil's in there having this conversation, and for some reason, HIPAA notwithstanding, the doctor doesn't close the door. Mm-hmm. And you overhear this conversation, and you hear him in, in there asking Phil all these kinds of questions, and Phil giving these responses, and you hear the doctor make a diagnosis, and tell Phil the prescription he's writing. Mm-hmm. 
Then the doctor leaves Phil's room and comes into your room, it almost seems like the dude has a schizophrenic experience. Because mm-hmm. when he walks into your room, he's talking to a young a person who's markedly younger, a person in a different situation health-wise, mm-hmm. a, a, a person with a different history. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Maybe you have a different attitude about taking pills. Yeah. Maybe Phil's all about a pill, man. Right. And so give me a pill, doctor. Mm-hmm. And maybe you're, no, I don't want a set of yeah. pills. Give, give me a shot. Yeah, give me a shot. Get me out of here. Huh? And if I'm standing out in the hallway and I hear the doctor interact with Phil, and then I hear mm-hmm. immediately following the doctor interact with you, as I said, it seems like almost like it's a different mm-hmm. person. Well, the doctor's not a different person. He's dealing with different people. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. He's dealing with different circumstances. He's dealing with different tolerances. He's dealing with different attitudes, intellects, histories, all that. Right? Mm -hmm. Is that what uh, what you're telling me you have to do on a daily basis? You go into a meeting with one client and you have all these... probably 40 times a day I do that. (laughs) Put on different hats? Yeah. Give different kinds of advice? Absolutely you do. Because the point you just made, because sometimes it's they're... based on the individual circumstances and needs, ah, and they're at different places in yeah. their in their life, and sometimes they're more risk tolerant, mm-hmm. meaning that they're they're willing to buy more international, yeah. and sometimes they're not, and and they just need to be in domestic things or things that pay dividends. It it's not like you can't decide which advice to give and you're schizophrenic mm-hmm. you can't advi- uh, uh, decide which advice to give me if i'm different than phil until you know me right until you ask questions until you get comfortable with it till you know my risk tolerance um and so that uh, that's a great point in that whether there are good times or bad whether we're in relapse or recovery you are you're always needing to revisit those aren't you mm-hmm because maybe 20 years down the road, you get 20 years younger, and I have a conversation with you as your advisor, and it's a different outcome than it was 20 years ago. Right. It's a different set of circumstances. It's a different set of criteria. It's a different set of data that comes out of the recommendation. Um, and, and, and people need to stay on top of that. That's right. And somebody needs to be staying on top of that for you. So, you know, you walk into a, a room of 50 people, whether it's at church mm-hmm. or the Rotary Club, or you get 50 people together for a seminar, and you ask them this question, and I want you to just give me a, a, a supposition of what answers are going to be. All right. You ask them a question. What did you learn from the last six months? What do you think the average American, average American learned from the last six months, and we're gonna we're gonna let open it up. They can uh, tell me what they learned about their own health. They can tell me what they learned about general health care. Mm-hmm. They can tell me what they learned about the stock market. They can tell me what they learned about the Fed and economics. They can just you just open it up. Okay, people, what did you learn over the last six months? What do you think the uh, the responses, the variety of responses, would be? Um, all right, so I'm going to say a couple of things that I've learned. Okay. And then maybe we'll go from there. Yeah. I've learned that um, 
that you can accomplish meetings and business meetings and and that sort of thing remotely. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people have realized and understood that now that you can do a lot of, of the work that needs to be done and the meetings and the discussions, et cetera, et cetera, that you can do uh, either you know by video chat or telephone or teleconference, however you want to, to say it, but mm-hmm. you don't need to physically be present in, in many of those types of settings. You've learned that. I've learned that. You think the average Americans learned that? I, I or, knew mo- it. or a lot of Americans. Yeah, I knew Americans. it before. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing to, to note there is that more Americans today and more of those 50 people in that room would be comfortable mm-hmm. doing it that way now okay. as opposed to six, eight months ago. Okay. So, and I'm just going to pick one company, Zoom. Mm-hmm. You think the average student in America is more comfortable with Zoom than they were six months ago? Absolutely. The average teacher absolutely is more comfortable mm-hmm. with that. So what ramifications is that going to have on, uh, on teaching? Mm-hmm. And, and what is it going to have on time? Right. What ramifications is it going to have on resources and expenses? Mm-hmm. Just that one piece of knowledge. Right. In the future, maybe schools are going to say, yeah, we're going uh, to offer a calculus course, and the teacher's going to do the presentation. And as long as the kids watch this five hours within the next you know, m- week, right. they don't necessarily have to be here on mm-hmm. Tuesday at 9 o'clock every week. As long as they get it done, and as long as they see it, and as long as they respond, and as long as they submit the homework, we're good. So what, mm-hmm. what will that do? That means that you can take a calculus class. You may not ever have to leave your job at Caterpillar. That's right. Huh? Mm-hmm. You may not ever have to leave your office job at the hospital. And you can take an, a calculus course. Mm-hmm. Now, that was available before. Right. But it's just been driven home to us sure. now. So you would say that the average person would say, I've learned a little bit more and gotten a little more comfortable with technology? Yes. I would also say that, um, uh, you know, as a, as a common practice, um, most people would greet one another with a handshake, mm-hmm. that sort of thing, and, and I've, I've seen that change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if that's positive or negative. I, it's just a change that I've noticed. Mm-hmm. But I think that people are more aware uh, now than what they were prior of, you know, potentially spreading germs. Yeah. Yeah, germs or viruses or bacteria, whatever you want to, you know, mm-hmm. s- spreading bad stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think going forward, you're going to see, um, you know, more attention to that, mm-hmm. and and potentially less mm-hmm. uh, of transmission of flu or whatever it may be mm-hmm. going forward. Just so you think that the effect of this may actually uh, have some data returned to us on the reduction of other diseases? I think so. Probably. Probably so. And here's another one, and goes back to the the social mores Mm -hmm. that we're under. Um, You know, until a few months ago, most of my clients would have been insulted if they walked in the room with a meeting with us and we hadn't shaken their hand. Right. Huh? Yeah. Now they're okay with it. Now they're okay with it. 
You know, you kind of throw your little chicken wing yeah. elbow mm-hmm. up toward right. them or yeah. whatever, and, and yeah. you know, just give them the acknowledgement or whatever, you know, or say. And all of the germaphobes out there are just cheering, right? <laughs> I didn't want to shake Cooley's hand anyway. Right. Uh-huh. He made me shake my hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, that's probably true. So um, I, I think there are some things there that, that we've learned. We're going to go to a break, and I want you to think about that. Those of you who are listening, what have we learned over the last six months? We're going to continue that question here on Super Talk at the Advisors Roundtable. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified Financial Planners, Bubba Labus, and yours truly, Greg Cooley, with you here on Super Talk Radio. So, Bubba, we've been talking about the things that maybe people learned over the last six months. Uh, I think you made a couple good points in that earlier segment here. Let's continue that that train of thought. So things that maybe we learned. First of all, I think that the average American is more adaptive. That means they can adapt to things. They can change uh, more than we thought they were. I I would agree with that um, 100%. I think, uh, you know, social distancing, uh, washing your hands, uh, masking, staying home. I mean, when you shut down an economy, we we did. And now, if we had to go back and that's over overnight, yeah, right? yeah, if we had to go back over it again, we probably would have trusted the social distancing mm-hmm. and the masking and all that stuff. But this first time, yeah. we're probably later on going to get more cooperation out of the social distancing and the masking and stuff because the first time we shut you down, right. You know, and really let you know, this is important, dude. We're just not saying when you go to the bathroom every time, wash your hands like your mama did, and you're not paying attention anymore. This is daddy grabbing you by the shoulder and saying, buddy, Mm -hmm. wash your hands. And if you don't, there'll be consequences. And that's basically what has happened so far. And I think that the average American has said, you know what? That makes sense. It may save my life. It may also save somebody else's life. It'll slow this thing down. I think we've adapted pretty right. well. Mm-hmm. Shutting down an entire economy, basically. Yeah. Boy, here's the second thing we've learned. In addition to the fact that your friends and family are more adaptive, they're also more resilient yeah. mm-hmm. than you probably gave them credit. Yeah. You know, there are some businesses that, that are gone. But I think there are also some businesses going to last that we wouldn't have thought would. Yeah. Because people are resilient. Mm -hmm. Number three, people are more supportive of one another than maybe you thought they were. Yesterday, I observed this. I went to a local restaurant, ordered my lunch, and they still haven't opened their dining room. So you have to go to the front door, and they bring you what you ordered, and you either call it in or, you know, whatever. So I did beforehand. I go, and mine's like $9.50. I gave her like 12 bucks. okay? Gave her, you know, over a 20% tip. And a guy who was in front of me, though, he ordered his, and his was about the same as mine, Mm -hmm. 8 or $9. He gave her 20 and turned around and walked out. Yep. Now, six months ago, I know that guy. He wouldn't have given that, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that girl that much tip. Right. But he realized the girl's yeah. not getting to wait a lot of tables, and she's yeah. probably not getting a lot of the, the tips she was. And, hey, I want her here. Sure. I want to support her. We're more supportive than I think a lot of us gave mm-hmm. us gave credit for, especially out here in the boondocks. Right. We, we, we love each other. Mm-hmm. We want each other to be successful. 
we're supporting each other. Um, number number four, I think, not just learning through the pandemic, but we've learned through some of the social unrest that we ain't there yet. Right. Hmm. You know, 100, 150 years ago, we saw, fought wars. We came through a few things like voting and, and laws about uh, owning of real estate. And we, we've gotten to where, you know, in the 1950s, 60s, and 70s, we had a lot of social unrest re- related to some justice. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of us had kind of patted ourselves on the back mm-hmm. and thought we'd done everything we needed to do. We may not have changed as much as we needed to. Right. We're not totally there yet. Now, in order for you to admit that, that you're not totally there yet, does that take a certain amount of psychological maturity? Oh, yeah. Huh? And I think we're really going to find out what kind of maturity we have psychologically and socially and spiritually, ethically in this country as we deal with some of this stuff. Now, anytime you have these things, some people ask for a little more and they push the mores and all that stuff. But but by and large, we're not totally there yet. There are some things in our lexicon and some of the expressions we use that are really insulting. Uh Uh, and, and some of the ways we have uh, continued to address um, uh, things economically and, and socially, we, we need to continue to address them yeah. um, and, and move forward. So those, those are a number of the things I think we have learned. Those are pretty positive, though, aren't you? Right. Don't you think? Yeah. So if you, you know, I'm thinking that as I walk in the room and I ask 50 people, what have you learned? In my mind, I'm thinking I'm going to get that response. If you walked in and asked the same questions, do you think you'd get the same response? Do you think there are a couple of others hanging out there that I haven't been man enough to address yet? Because um, my wife always says that, Greg, you always look on the bright side of of things and you give people the benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. And sometimes there are people among us that, maybe they didn't learn everything they right. should learn. And there may be some people who, who respond, I haven't learned a thing. Mm-hmm. Hmm? And that's kind of the free society we live, live in. And if you want to remain where you are and not learn a thing, that's fine. Yeah. But you're probably not going to see the opportunities even if the stock market goes up or the stock market goes down or the pandemic is in relapse or recovery, uh, you're just going to continue to be who you are. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's okay for today, but what about the technology of tomorrow? Or the social mores of tomorrow? Or the needs we have as a society tomorrow? So I'm going to encourage people to, to think about what they've learned and what they think the people around them have learned over the last six months, and then try to respond to that. So do you see, now that I've asked that question in a long-winded way, do you see some things that I didn't address that people could have learned over the last six months that I didn't bring up in my list? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I'm sure there are. Yeah. Uh, there, there are one or two that... Matter of being open-minded enough to yeah. look at them, though, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think there's one, one or two things that we have learned that... Um, we, we may not want to talk about. And that is associated with the fact that we're not there yet mm-hmm. is that some of us don't want to get there. That's right. 
There are just some of us who don't want to, for whatever reasons. Um, and I, I guess you can justify just about any position you want to justify. Mm-hmm. But that's something that I, I don't really want to acknowledge it, but we, we probably need to. Um, and those people just don't want to change. Right. They don't want to see change. They don't want to see improvement. They don't want to see somebody else do well. Mm-hmm. Um, but we should, I think. I think we should want people to do well. And, and that's one of the reasons you and I do the Advisors Roundtable is to try to share with people and sure. try to get, get, get some information out there, but also encourage people to open their mind. So let's review. Um, and, and the Advisors Roundtable is mostly usually talking about economics and stock market and investing and saving and, and all of those things related to your finances. So we're going to review from the point of view of finances today. Um, number one, we have talked about the fact that there's opportunity, whether it's relap- relapse or recovery. Right. We've talked about two or three different industries or specific companies, not that we're recommending any of them. But that maybe you need to open your mind up mm-hmm. to, th- to think about those. I, I really think about one today is, is one that we use in, a, in our um, a business called DocuSign. Right. Tell the world just a little bit about DocuSign. This is not a commercial for DocuSign, but I want you to open your mind to it's it. It's not. It, um, in, in essence, it's a, it's a way to electronically sign documents in a secure fashion mm-hmm. uh, that would be just like you were in person signing a document. And what kind of documents can you sign with DocuSign? Can I do mortgage payments? Can I open a brokerage account? Can, yeah. I, can I move my retirement plan? Can I do all that stuff? All of the above. And I don't necessarily have to be in front of a notary? That's right. And I can do that just on a computer? Correct. Yeah. I, I can see how that would uh, affect things mm-hmm. and affect attitudes and affect uh, business operations and maybe make things more efficient. Mm-hmm. So that that's one that you know, and 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 a, and a way to open your mind to some of the things that maybe we've learned over the last right. six months. The other thing that I think that we need to re- review and make sure that people take away from from this is whether it's relapse or it's recovery, and whether you look at it from a negative or a positive point of view, there's always some place to put your dollar. Yes. There's always some place to put your dollar. And I think always an opportunity for that dollar to be something different. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just have to see it for that. And not let the effect of what you hear on the news uh, change that, mm-hmm. that fact. It's always good to spend time with you here at the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. We'll talk to you again right here on Super Talk.
discussion and content expressed by the host of the Advisors Roundtable are intended to be received as news, educational, and entertainment or unit items and are not to be accepted by the listener as legal, investment, insurance, or tax advice. Opinions and views will be expressed by guests of the Advisors Roundtable, and those opinions and views are those of the guests alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Advisors Roundtable host or any of its affiliated radio stations. All information provided is educational in nature and is not intended to be acted upon without first consulting the appropriately licensed professional of your choosing. Before acting upon any information obtained during an Advisors Roundtable broadcast, an individual should understand matters are extremely tax-specific and require advice tailored to individual facts and needs. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Andrew Labus are registered representatives of S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. Securities offered through S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Ignite Planters, LLC. Ignite Planters, LLC is not affiliated with S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. Thank mm-hmm. you.